Parenting is hard, but there's help. Welcome to Everyday Parenting with Mary Beth Henry, a licensed marriage and family therapist and parent educator. Everyday Parenting utilizes face-to-face unscripted interviews with real parents, but names have been changed to protect their identities. Everyday Parenting will be out with new episodes every two weeks. Help support Everyday Parenting. If you have a business and would like to reach directly into the ears of our listeners, please contact us at parentingpodcast at gmail.com. Speech, language, and communication play a vital role in our lives. Without it, children have difficulty communicating their basic needs and can struggle academically or with peers. At Jabberdogs, speech language pathologist Stephanie Mashek can help you or your loved one become a successful communicator. Based in Pasadena, California, Jabberdogs offers private speech and language therapy at affordable rates. They also take insurance, including Blue Shield and Anthem Blue Cross of California. Visit Jabberdogs.com for more information. That's J-A-B-B-E-R-D-O-G-S dot com. This episode is going to focus on what we want for our children and who we were as children. This is a chance for a father to really take a moment and step back and see who his son really is. So this is just a great lesson to step back and think about what we want our children and how we want our children to be and look at who they are currently and what they're doing and seeing that they really are doing a lot of the things we want them to be doing. Tom is seeing a lot of himself in Patrick, and I think this is a lesson for Tom to acknowledge again who his son is and what his son is doing and go on the journey with him to explore and to find what his passions are, what he's interested in, and guide him on that way and be supportive of something that maybe he might be passionate about. And he will find that grit and that desire and that competitiveness in his own way. First time, long time, I guess. Uh, I'm Tom. Uh, My wife is Celeste. We have a four uh, and a half year old, Patrick. My question is more like child programming, I guess. Uh, um, So... You know, my kid's great. He's like super chill. Like we really, we're really lucky in that sense. But then I worry that he doesn't have like an edge to him. You know, we went to his teacher conference yesterday and his teacher, and we didn't even prompt it, had mentioned something like that where it's weird. For some reason, like all the kids love to hug him. Like they will like in packs come at him wanting to hug him, but nobody else. It's really weird. I don't know where that came from. And there will be times where if I'm there, he'll jump up into my arms and then, you know, that'll, I'll fend them off for him. But then, you know, I, we were talking with this teacher and there'll be times where he'll just sort of let it happen. And there'll be times where he will defend himself and say, I don't like that. And he'll seek an adult or whatever. But I just worry sometimes that like we live in like a really tough world and it's only getting tougher. And, you know, you were talking about the softball thing. And then I was thinking like, how do we get them to be, I don't know if it's competitive, but more aggressive or whatever. I guess that's just sort of generally my question. It's interesting. You asked a question, but earlier you were, I'm I'm not going to throw it back in your face, but earlier you were saying, well, when we were kids, we didn't have, parents telling us what to do and how to do well look at this from this perspective too how many times 
do we hear from preschool teachers, from teachers and four-year-olds, mm -hmm. having these in-depth conversations about our children, analyzing them, right, in a preschool setting, and we get these statements of, oh, I don't understand why your child can't fend off his classmates, but he does. What did the teachers say? Because you didn't really say what the teachers said of her concern. Well, she just said that there were times where, and it's not just the hugging thing, where he could have been more, stern's the wrong word. Assertive? Yeah, assertive, yeah, assertive, where he's like, he should have been more like, I don't want to do that, I'm going to do this. But he's just sort of a go-with-the-flow kind of kid. So You know, for the years and years that I've been working with families, I'm going to generalize this, Tom, but the years and years <laughs> of working with families, it's interesting how, take that whole statement you just said, and one family would say, oh my gosh, I would die for my child. If I visioned my child to be that way, it would be amazing, because my child is so the opposite. My child is, you know, get in there, controlling the world, you know, all that. But, but your child is more of, you know, sometimes I'm okay with people touching me and coming to hug me, and sometimes I say, no, cut it out. Right. So he is being assertive. He is, when he's had his limit, when he's had his fill, you want to say, or when he's had, at that moment he's had it, he does set the limit. So he has a nice flow where he allows and then he has a boundary. Right. He allows and then he has a boundary. So that is a, that is a learned pattern of your parenting and it's a positive parenting way because what you've done is you allowed him to experiment enough and go to some limit and then you have taught him how to say, okay, now that's enough. Is that the way you parent him? Will you kind of let him experiment a little yeah, bit? Let him kind of go? And then, then you, when you see it, okay, now that is enough when it gets to that point. Right. Are you able to shut it down? Yeah. And how, how do you shut that down? Do you just say, that's enough? Or do you logically think it through and then explain it to him? How do you do that? Uh, yeah, I guess I'm just honest with him. Like if something's going too far, yeah, I'll just say that's, you know, if, we, if we're rough housing like we were talking about earlier, I just set the limit. I guess my, I mean, it's not the, maybe that was a bad example, because I'm more thinking of more like, just like, you know, we were talking about things extrapolating from, you know, they're four now till when they're 25. Like, is this sort of, because generally he's pretty passive, and maybe just, he'll just be like that the rest of his life. But I just worry, you know, like, just... Yeah, it's just sucks. Yeah, like the world is just so hard, you know? And maybe I'm like self-projecting because that's kind of the way that I am. And, you know, like out of college, I was pretty, I was a pretty chill guy, but then I entered an industry that was really tough and really like you had to sell your soul just to get to like the next rung and the next rung was nowhere. You know what I mean? So I just worry about that stuff, you know? So when Joe was talking about his daughter and sports and when Gus was talking to you about his daughter and sports, like when is it okay to introduce like competitiveness? Like how do you do that? That's, you know, that's another thing I think about. You've already introduced competitiveness just by being in a family. You say you're a stay-at-home dad, so you're, you're home. Yes. So when your wife comes home from work or walks in that door at the end of the day, 
there's already competitiveness right there because what happens when she walks in that door? Who's the first one to greet her? Uh, generally him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's being competitive right there. So I, I know I'm, I'm general. I'm making a very simple statement no, out of okay. something, but but he's already been exposed to it. Right. So real real competitiveness though, when we look at children and you know he's he's competing every day in preschool. Uh, he's competing for that spot on the rug. He's competing for that chair that he wants to sit in for snack. That those are competitions too. Those are those are assertive training pieces that he's already trying out. And there are days he's successful, and there's days that, that when he goes for that chair that he wants to sit next to his buddy, and someone else slides in there and he doesn't get to sit there, he's already dealing with those emotions of what it feels like to not get what he wants. Right. And that's competitiveness. And so you're doing it developmentally every single day as they develop, and to look at sports and to look at when we start putting children into sports, that's where you have to kind of know, know your child, number one, know your child's desire to want to be in that scenario because a team sport versus an individual sport, here we go on sports again, but that child has to feel and, and know and understand that concept, which we were talking about earlier, what it feels like to be a part of a team. And that, you know, you just can't go out there and be the pitcher, the catcher, and be first baseman all, all at the same time. You have to play your position, right? We're talking about softball. When your child is interested and when your child is motivated and wants to do it, they go into that role and they learn the ups and downs of it. And there are some children that have a hard time all the way through. You know, I have examples of teenagers that I know who have been playing soccer since they were four and five, and they're now 12, 11, 12, 13, 14, very competitive soccer players and still have issues with being competitive, still take it very hard on themselves and very hard when they when they don't perform when they think they don't perform well but we see oh my gosh was she was amazing right or he was amazing but they take it very hard on themselves and and that's that's I think a piece that we all want or we all look at our children and think oh, I just wish they had that edge right I wish they had that mm, that they just really cared about that that's what we were talking about earlier with the edge well there's a good and bad of that edge. That when the one you were talking about, you were in a profession where you had to, going to that next step, you had to sell your soul, right? And did you like no. that? No, I never did it. You never, yeah. yeah. Well, okay, so, so tell us maybe a little bit about why you didn't do it and what did you learn from that process? I, you know, for me, it just, uh, I just couldn't cross that line. And I mean, you know, that doesn't, but I was never really that competitive a person to begin with. I mean, when I was growing up, I was like really, I was really good at basketball, but like, I wasn't competitive at it. I just liked playing with my friends and, you know, I liked the beauty of the game and all that stuff. And, but I just, myself was not very competitive. And maybe that's the way that Patrick will be. I just, I don't know. I just, sometimes I just feel like, Again, just the world is really tough. And I'm okay now, it's, you know, 2019, I've lived half my life, but you know, 2020, 2030, yeah, it could be zombie apocalypse, <laughs> or it could be, you know, but you know what I mean? Like, like this is, it's not getting better, you know, so. We can worry, but we can also look at too, all these little individual personalities to for those when the zombie apocalypse does happen we're going to need the people out there that are going to be the front line who are going to be the ones that stand there and be the front line we're going to need the ones who are going to think about okay so i'm going to take this 
group of 100 and take them up and hide them, you know, we're going to go here. Then it's going to take the medical person. And it's going to, it takes all of us. So who, who is your son? Where's your son going to be in that? We don't know. But what we do know is that I know that when you enjoy playing basketball with your friends growing up and your friends as adults, whatever you played, you had a competitive spirit because you got dressed, you went to that gym or that court, you got a team together, you played basketball, and when you were playing basketball, you were sweating, right? You were sweating, you were throwing that ball, you were putting effort in, you were, you were making jump shots, you were you, know, you, you were you were playing the role. So maybe my son will just like killing zombies. <laughs> like not for like a survival thing, but maybe he'll just love just it. Just for fun. Maybe this is, yeah, it takes all kinds. Yeah. It takes all kinds. Yeah, right. And, and this is where, once again, we project. We project what we wish we were, or what we wish we could have been, or what we wish we think we should have been, onto our own children, versus just enjoying, relishing in the fact that when he goes to preschool every day or whatever days he goes, he can walk in a room and the people around him, right, he projects to the people around him days, one day he might project, come to me, I'm here for you. (laughs) And other days he can project, you know what, today I'm not feeling it and I'm not wanting you to be near me. Wow, that's an edge. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's a lot of control, not in a negative way, but he has an edge there. He has the ability to control an entire preschool class. Yeah. I think that's pretty edgy. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> Everyday Parenting is produced by me, Teresa Wing. The music you hear on our podcast is courtesy of Stephen Morell. If you have a question for Mary Beth and the Everyday Parenting podcast community, please join us on our Facebook group. Just search for Everyday Parenting Group on Facebook. Also, sponsors are always welcome. Just email us at parentingpodcast at gmail.com. Don't miss our next episode. Subscribe wherever you get podcasts. And don't forget to take the time out to find us and rate us on iTunes.